Who is in the office judging you? Business people. You know, it, it's a high-flying office. There's lots of business happening. Business people, business meetings. Yeah, yeah, let, let's get that through. It's flying. Yeah, yeah. The, the only other living creature that I have ever seen in your office or near your office is a sheep. That is true. Um, there are quite a few sheep. I presume still today, uh, getting quite wet. I am, on the other hand, quite warm in my back room, uh, wearing slippers. Your back room? <laughs> so this is an interesting insight into Shea Bradbury. I have never mm. seen the inside of your home before, I think. And you've got some so, strangely, I want to say, oh, wow, that's quite the mix. Okay, so you've got some sort of weird little antique oval pictures on the wall it's not antique uh, oh those yes. those are not they are not antique pictures they are rather interesting they are bugs oh okay are they actual uh, bugs there are uh, no uh, they're very well trained if they are actual oh, I no, mean, they are, are they <laughs> were they actual bugs <laughs> they have since been I, I do not believe so given the size of some of them uh, there's also there's also some more bugs on that wall okay um and there's a wedding picture on the other wall, but that's not a bug. You ba- um, at the moment, at the moment, you hey, there you <laughs> go. <laughs> at the moment, you just look like oh. a married serial killer. That's true. Fair enough. Uh, it's fair. Uh, and then uh, just a whole whole rack of uh, medium to trash sci-fi novels on my bookshelf. Well, let's not overlook your um, comprehensive spirits table there. So, I bought this spirit here seed lip purely because i like the the illustration on it and it's like a non-alcoholic spirit i don't know what that means but water well i do know yeah it it looks nice you open it i can only describe it as not even not even medicinal it smells like smells like what you would describe alcohol smelling like (laughs) to someone who's never encountered an alcoholic beverage. Oh, it's like the it's ve- quite unpleasant. So it's basically it's like the uh, the vegetarian version of alcohol, then. Yes, it's it's the equivalent of if you say, um, let me think of a good one. Oh, this this no carb pancake is just like the real thing. You can't tell the difference. You damn well can. Yes, if you've Same ever thing. if you ever ever had a pancake, then absolutely you can. Yes, and um, you know, same for meatballs or burgers. Although some of the good burgers, I did have, I did have. Uh, quite a good burger when we were in Manchester last one of the impossible ones and that that was passable oh when we when we were at Noticonf yes Noticonf in fact this is to segue back that's where I bought these slippers that I'm currently wearing very enjoyable (laughs) you Um, bought slippers at (laughs) Noticonf yes I did (laughs) when did you do that you sneaked off and bought slippers at one point yeah, no, it was. Uh, I, I had like I had a bit of time to kill, so I uh, I walked around and clearly I'm at the point of my life where the highlight of a of a weekend away is buying some new slippers. Apparently so. I had no idea that you kept that very quiet, and I think that was a good a good move on your part. This was after this was after you'd left uh, towards the end of the weekend. Um. After we'd had breakfast at that very, very cold plaza. Yes. Yes. Outside freezing to death with an abundance of egg. Abundance of egg. Yes. 
anyway i'm sure um, the listener is really enjoying listening to you slurping on your tea <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's true uh what's occurring oh hold on a second i hope i've been recording this this whole time <laughs> i think i have it's very difficult anyway did you see the the financial markets are in a slump um apparently that's a bad thing but i was trying to figure out how that would actually affect me and investments i don't none to speak of oh cool good job you know um i don't know i I, honestly i i mean at this point i think when i retire i'm going to have to pay my pension provider Oh, if you retire. Well, yes, that is that is now a, a distant hope that will never come to pass. That's true. So we had some friends that had recently, well, our friend, I think I mentioned this, has just moved to Milan uh, to be an au pair. And... Um, is now locked down, uh, presumably. Yeah, yeah. So she moved over there, and then, like, the next day, they immediately were, were sort of quarantined out. And uh, so her parents have left and have come back and and we're like oh we don't need to do we don't we quite we self self-isolated for a week but we, we seem fine it's fine so then there's just one around oh thanks 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 a lot mate. <laughs> so <laughs> this is how it spreads yes did you actually read the report about the uh, quarantine of northern italy it was in the associated press they had a uh... oh, these, oh yes I, I do get the ap feeds of course yes <laughs> it's just an app on your phone joel same as any other one <laughs> Apps on your phone, go on. Um, they were talking about a university down in northern Italy, which I can't remember what it was off the top of my head. I have been there, and it is a very large university town. And apparently, they so this quarantine was coming into effect, but news leaked. And so these students were all out on a Friday or Saturday night, whatever it was, and they all started seeing the news on their phones that northern the whole of northern italy was about to be quarantined and so they all rushed home packed a suitcase and then went to the local train station and got the eleven thirty nine p.m train out of town which was the last one leaving <laughs> and apparently this train was packed to the rafters there were people standing in aisles it was just heaving and so essentially this supposed lockdown just resulted in lots of people fleeing to the far corners of italy as quickly as possible <laughs> All because it got leaked. So it's about the most ineffective quarantine imaginable. You couldn't you couldn't uh, ask for a better spreading mechanism. Exactly. And so they even if it was like very... spread it on a compra- on a cra- cramped t- metal tube, make sure everybody gets it, and then spread it far and wide. Yeah. Exactly. And then, so they were talking to we some want... of the students, and one of them was saying, "Well, you know, I um, I was planning on going back to, to to visit my family in southern Italy next week." And so I didn't want to not be able to do that. So I thought I'd better get out of town quickly. <laughs> so I thought, I thought thought I'd just go home and kill my gran. Oh, dear. Yeah. At this point, I think, I mean, it's clear almost everyone's going to get it. At this point, I think statistically, I'm okay. The family's okay. I'm, I'm quite worried I'm going to kill my parents or someone will kill them in some way. Yes, I am like, also worried about that. Yeah. Um, we've got a friend who's just finished cancer treatment and like she's 
quite immunocompromised. So who knows what's going to happen? I also found out that you know, apparently, um, if you're diabetic, it's um, it's quite a, it's a complicating it's, factor. It's, it's quite a it's quite a sweet virus. Yeah. Delicious taste to it. So when you go licking all the public surfaces, mm, this one's this one's a lovely one. It's like them dogs that can tell if you've got a tumor. You can tell if this surface is has got coronavirus. But a slightly sweeter taste. I wasn't suggesting that coronavirus itself had diabetes, <laughs> just that it's a, it's a complicating factor that can make you more vulnerable, which is bad news for Americans, given how many of them oh. have diabetes. Clearly, absolutely. Um, it's terrible. We watched Contagion over the weekend, and I kind of regret watching it. Is that the Dustin Hoffman one? No, it's the... Um, it's uh, who's, Well, there's Lawrence Fishburne, there's... It's quite a, quite a wide cast. It's hard to describe who who the main character is, other than a virus. Oh, Jude Law's in it, like <laughs> as, starring as a virus. Starring a virus, um, which is the classic one. It's the one that's shot up on the iTunes chart because it is basically the it's it's a um, is it a Soderbergh one of those? Oh you know, yes, yes, it might be walkie talkie people. Yeah, um, it's basically the current Corona in film form. It's okay. I mean, it's a good. It's 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 you know technically passable. <laughs> this, is, this is your your go to phrase for a film that you think is mediocre. No, I actually enjoyed it more than I thought I would. Um, I know Gemma didn't enjoy it as much as she thought she would. So we probably met in the middle um, in these things. But it's passable. But I would not recommend it if you want to feel comfortable about the current situation. Fair enough. I like watching during election years uh, in the US. I uh, do enjoy rewatching Wag the Dog. Wag the Dog, what's that? It uh, sounds like a charming film with a talking dog. Not at all. It's it's Dustin Hoffman and Robert De Niro, and essentially, um, not to give too much away, there's it's an election year or it's, <laughs> it's, 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 uh, plot. it's not to tell you everything that happens right up until the last moment, but it's essentially there's um, it's uh, some sort of like election cycle, and one of the I think it might be the incumbent is. In the in the not having a good time of it, I think he might have some scandal going on or something like that, and so they decide to engineer a war. But instead of doing the usual thing where they actually go to war, they um, they fake it. They basically fake a war. They get like a, a film producer in, and which is a Dustin Hoffman character, um, and they get him to sort of stage this on a sound stage and, and using visual effects. And then it becomes this whole thing where people think there's an actual war on, and they've got the 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 uh, the very photogenic girl running through the, the the wreckage of a city and all that sort of stuff going on. Um, and that's the whole premise of it. And it is uh, it is actually very good. It sounds like a political version of the producers. <laughs> Springtime or, for Hitler and Germany. Yeah. I keep intending to watch um, Jojo Rabbit simply because I keep seeing clips of um, I have no idea what Taika Wahiti being being a very amusing Hitler. But, but, yeah. What on <laughs> earth? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, hold on, Taika Wahiti is in. Isn't he the guy who directed the Thor films? He is, yes. He's the, the Australian, right? He's, that's not Australian. <laughs> and he was uh, also. I thought he was key. And he and he, play, he, he plays. He, he is. He is. Uh, he plays uh, an imaginary Hitler. Oh. In a little boy, in a ten-year-old boy's sort of mind. Interesting. Um, which is which is which is. I think the whole point of it is that the, he's Hitler, as the ten-year-old boy imagines him, which is slightly ridiculous, slightly heightened. 
I, I don't think the film did very well, but from the clips I've seen, it seems quite funny. Um, I'm not going to watch it. I'm just, you know. Have you seen what we do in the shadows? I have. I, I've seen both part of the film and part of the TV series. Oh, God, I forgot they did a TV, TV series. Yeah, I think there's some crossover towards the end of the season uh, where the TV series kind of, the, the, the cast from the film come into the TV series. Okay. Which is bizarre. But no, uh, I, got, I, I, I got a few bits. It's too dark. I mean, I don't know whether it's just my TV hasn't got a high enough contrast ratio. I just can't see things. Too dark. Who are those? Oh, people? sorry. You 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 mean actually not in tone. You mean in tone. <laughs> not in tone. <laughs> <laughs> like this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um, no, I've not seen it. I have seen clips and part of it, and no, I, I can be bothered. Same thing happened with Altered Carbon. I started watching that. Oh, I just can't be bothered. It's very dark. <laughs> How? So then we watched. We we started watching it last night, and uh, we. We, click, we got a bit bored, <laughs> as you do when you get even slightly bored. I clicked off it, and we, we spent 30 minutes watching someone making... Cooking videos? Um, no, no, not cooking. Uh, woodworking videos. He made a new bed frame for his mother on YouTube. Sweet. Uh, to be honest, it was quite a nice bed frame until he put it... <laughs> he, he put it all together, put it in a bedroom, and it was too big for the mattress. And you're, well, that's a, that was a, you should have measured the mattress first, really. <laughs> that's just incompetence. <laughs> it was just incompetence. A very nicely made, incorrectly sized. <laughs> um, but that's that. What have you been working on this week? Uh, I am anything. tying up a project um, for a client that I've been working on for the last two or three weeks. Um, and I was just sort of brought in to, I guess, get the ball rolling on this. this to kill it. Like like you'd bring in a like you'd bring in a a farm doctor to help you help your cow give birth. Like he gets the dirty job of just bringing it into the world. Basically, yes, I am the birther, and um, birther. it's a yeah yeah. I mean, it was never the intention that I would finish everything because it's pretty open ended. Um, but at the same time, I'm handing it over today, and I'm very aware of the deficiencies in um, my solution, or just generally the the, the, the current situation. Well, I'm always hyper aware of those, but just the, the, so you had it. Did you have a fixed time frame? To yes, to do this. I had a fixed time frame, and um, that's a variable scope. Perfect. Yes, it's it, it's. Um, it's a pretty old project. It's been a. I, I'm pretty sure I built the original version of this in Laravel four. That's how long ago it was. So I don't know what that was. Eight years ago, something like it's that. It's hard to keep track now because since Taylor moved to well, uh, to, to the Chrome numbering, he calls it semantic numbering. It's not at all, let's, is it? Let's admit it's nonsense. Chrome numbering. It's Chrome numbering. Give it a few more months. We'll be at Laravel sixty-two yeah. or something. But so we were at the launch of or the announcement of Laravel four. At the first Laracon. Were we? Yeah, the first Laracon. I do remember the announcement. I don't remember which one it was. It Laravel 4, was it? Yes. So when, like, you learned, like, two, three, four, was it straight to five? You just can't take like, them. <laughs> no, it went to five, and then 5.1, 5.2, 5.3.1, 5.2, 0.3, 3, 4, and then 5.6, and then, ah, look, PHP jumped to. No, it went to 5.8. You went all the way to 5.8. And then went six. And then went six, and so now it's seven. And now it's seven. Mm-hmm. Something about PHP developers. 
Yeah. They're getting to the 5.6s and 5.7s. It was terribly wrong. Crazy. <laughs> but yeah, so it was whenever the first Laracop was, we were at that in DC. And that's when Laracop hey, was announced. I heard, I heard friend of the show, Dale Reese, has got a book coming out. Has he? It's a, that's an exciting time for everyone. Well, he's a long-time contributor, so maybe we'll have, we'll have him on uh, in a future episode to plug the book. I look forward to hearing more about pandas. Definitely. Continue. Uh, yes, so it's been around for a long time, this project. I mean, it bears pretty much no resemblance to the thing I originally built because it's been a very active project. Usually new things have been built in response to, you know, uh, client requests with the deadline and everything else. And so there's all the stuff that goes along with that. Um, and the added complication is there are very, very few tests. So I don't really feel like I can do a big refactor or anything. Um, and I'm working, trying to work within a kind of like a, a limited area. So I'm aware that it's, you know, there are um, difficulties with that. And practically speaking, it's in a better place than when I arrived. There are, there are more tests and this thing works. But I'm just kind of looking at it going, God, man, this is convoluted setting up the test cases and everything else. So it's obviously not ideal. And despite the fact that I know that pragmatically speaking, it's fine. I still, even after all these years, have problems handing something over when it's not as good as I would like. And I'm kind of feeling like, yeah, do I apologize? (laughs) (laughs) Give them a discount on the invoice. Yeah, I kind of, I always feel guilty, but it's, I mean, it's perfectly fine. They're happy. It was exactly what they brought me in to do. And like I said, it's in a better state than when I started. But still, it's something I really struggle with. It's a problem. But then again, if you only delivered things that you were totally happy with, nothing would get delivered, would it? See my site projects. Uh, Yes, exactly. I was going to say, perhaps that's why you've got such a plethora of successful side businesses. (laughs) All right. All right, Elon. All right. That was was a bit harsh, that was. I I came up way harder. Uh, I've actually launched more side projects than you have. One. Yeah. I've actually launched one. What side project was that? A single story. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. That's true. Fair enough. Happy days. So you had your, um, are we calling it a soft launch? Internal launch? The internal launch. Yes, it happened. Um... To a certain extent, it's working. Uh, we've got, uh, unfortunately, I have to go down to Virus Bound London on Wednesday and Thursday. Uh, we have a demo with, I don't know if you'd call them a client. They're more of a, an incumbent's the wrong word, but like technical potential partnership with some, with some very large group. Uh, we've got a demo with them on Thursday. No, the, the, and it is working. these are the people you you talked about indiscreetly last week. Yeah, which I'm sure you edited out. I don't know. <laughs> no, not at all. I, I don't. I know you can never be bothered to listen to it, so I just left it all in. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we've got to meet with them on Thursday. It's working to a point where I've got a demo. We've got a script of like what we're going to demo, and it's it's kind of working. Um, I'm currently going through and fleshing out all those, you know, the niggly bits, the stupid little things that. The final 99%. Yeah, the fi- so it's like the first 90% takes 90%, the last 9% takes another 90%, and the last 1% just never happens. So <laughs> at the minute, I'm doing all the niggling things that kind of have to exist, such as 
the ability to invite someone to a team or the, the ability to see the original file name or download the original file or stupid little things. You, you don't need to invite someone to a team. It's fine. Um, so it's working. It's, to be honest, we've, I don't know, when it crosses over that threshold, I think you've seen it before when you're working on projects and it goes from being just you working on it to seeing other people using it. And it turns from what started out as sketches in your notepad and flat markup and rough HTML and just sort of demo components and sort of an API. And then suddenly you see people actually using it and it kind of gets a little bit, hang on a second. This doesn't really work. You know this, that under the hood, this is all just PHP and JavaScript and I'm sure this this can't actually be a real thing. I'm interested. Yeah. Have you done any actual user testing? So yes, this is what the internal launch was for. Uh, the internal launch went to the their studio team, mm-hmm. and when we say internal, I mean user testing is mostly a case of the biggest the biggest feedback we got was they want one of the core UI elements they would prefer in a dark color scheme was like the key thing, which is doable, and I can see the argument. Um, it's working, yeah. I mean, the user, user feedback is, can we do this? Can we do X? And mostly it's a case of yes, but not for launch. Fair enough. Uh, I mean, like the, with regard to um, user testing, I was thinking more the whole thing where you basically get somebody in a room it. and you oh, are behind. Have you ever done that? Not in person. I, I did some work for, what's the name of that company? Um, big jolly guy. He does a lot of accessibility talks. Oh, Jacob Nielsen. Yes, Nielsen. Wow, I uh, pulled so that I out of my ass. Well done. Well done. <laughs> I did a load of work for them. I spent about six to nine months on a huge accessibility project. Oh, really? Um, yeah, well, back in... This was quite a while ago now. I'm pretty sure it was either... I think it was either... I think the back end was Laravel, and there was a bit of expression engine in it. Um, well, that doesn't sound awful at all. No, uh, it was it, it went quite well. I mean, I I did most of the, that's to be honest, This is where the original, do you remember my original charge plugin for Expression Engine? Mm-hmm. That's where it came off off the back of um, of the billing aspect, which I built for this system that they built for them. Right. So the core core system was in Laravel, and then there was like a normal you know pay for a, a session and such, and that was in Expression Engine, which was their main site. Um, and I built charge off the back of that. Um, anyway, yeah, so I, I worked with them and we did a bit for that and it was just so painful. So painful. Have you ever done it? I have. And <laughs> so it wasn't a fancy setup where, you know, you got one way mirror and all that business. We, we literally had some users there and we were kind of stood behind being quiet. That was basically it. And so, you, well, yeah. <laughs> so they're doing, they're, they'll be doing something and you're standing behind them like, what the, why would you do that? <laughs> but, but silently. So you do it so as not to influence them. And it's a very enlightening experience. It doesn't matter how much work you've done, how much, how much kind of research or anything else. The moment you put a real user in front of the interface, they will do the, Least expected thing. I was about to say dumbest, but least expected thing imaginable. Someone said you can't make a to to call an interface dumb, uh, dummy proof, idiot proof. To call an interface idiot proof underestimates idiots. Mm-hmm. 
and I, I yeah I can complete so so our key thing what you're testing is uh, works on my machine <laughs> I think you should so I think you should put that in the copy the the marketing copy yeah so we worked on the script we wrote demo script so I'm working through the demo script each of the things most of the stuff left is to do with team and administration stuff um, but then that's going to turn into a screencast uh, script effectively Yes, so I've been practicing my screencast. I've already recorded a few. I think I might have mentioned this. It took me like an hour to do an eight-second loop. So by that reckoning, yeah, but this was probably quickly. It, it was a that was a problem with you actually sequ- getting it to to, to to actually loop yeah, properly, rather than it, was. it takes you that long to say eight seconds worth of content. <laughs> I know that one. I didn't have to talk. So on the screencast, I'm going to actually have to narrate these things and do it in a reasonably measured tone. So we'll see. Um, I've got the feeling that we're going to do it and then we're going to get someone else to actually record it and re-narrate it. But we'll see. We'll see. Have you been practicing um, your so diction? My diction. 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 I like the way you really lean on the word dick there. No. Peter. Papa. No. <laughs> Uh, no, I've not. So that's what's what's up with you then. That's it for me. Um, I'm Londoning. I'm expecting to be ill by this time next week. Gemma has genuinely got a pack of gloves for me to wear in the tube. I don't think I'm going to. I'm going to tell her I did, but I'm not going to wear them. Um, I think you should just, just wear the not. just wear the one. Channel Michael. <laughs> Stud <clears throat> it with um, with uh, something. Maybe maybe put a, maybe attach like a like a little uh, alcohol wipe uh, off the back of your ooh business business opportunity. Oh it's yes, a sanitary glove with a wipes. That could work. Brilliant. Yeah, I I don't really have um, <clears throat> much else. Like I said, I'm finishing up a project. I frittered away untold number of hours on the weekend um, reorganizing my dot files. Which I strongly suspect is something you have never done. I've never done that. Thing. <laughs> no, <laughs> and I have no motivation to do that. <clears throat> is this off the back of your Chrome adventure? It is partly that. It's um, well, it's too too. You're going to have a hell of a you're going to have a hell of a job editing this episode down. I'm not editing it down. I know we've. I think we we've established. No, we haven't. Even, we haven't even done the clap. So syncing oh. it is going to be hell. Also, your audio is always always considerably louder than mine, and I have to deal with that. Is it? Yes. I think there's a setting here, and I push it all the way up for Good higher know. fidelity. Good to know. Continue. Um, yeah, it's partly so. It's partly because I'm working on a wider variety of OSs now. So I'm still on the Mac mostly. I have an old Linux laptop locket or an old ThinkPad knocking about, which I've got Linux on. And I've been tinkering with the Chromebook, um, which technically is Linux under the hood. Um, but it just means that I had to figure out how I share these some of my dot files across different platforms because things like um, my Vim config, for example. But, but not your but, paths. Yes, exactly. So there's some stuff which is OS specific. There's some stuff which doesn't matter because I just like say maybe it's PHP specific and I don't have PHP installed directly on a particular machine. Um, and the way I was doing it previously was, I don't know if you've ever read, there's a quite well-known Atlassian post about using Git to, essentially you initialize a Git repository 
in your home directory, but you use some fancy flags in Git that you will never use in normal daily life to say, don't initialize your .git uh, folder right in the root or you're in your home directory, do it in this other directory. And then that allows you then to, and it, it's, it works, but then you just end up with basically like one big repository. It's like asking for trouble. Yeah. And I've, so I've tried a bunch of things over the years and I ended up stumbling across something called um, GNU Stow, which is nothing really, it wasn't intended for dot files. It was intended for if you're installing software on your GNU system and you want to like compile it in one directory and then link it to another, which it turns out is basically what you're doing with dot files. And so you can do that by set and you can separate them out by responsibility or say PHP or um, SSH configs or whatever else you want, and then choose which ones to link into your home directory. Um, and it actually works really well until I find some massive flaw in it. But for now it's fine. And then, okay. I, I have no intention to touch my dot files. But I'll let you. If I ever, if I ever get to the point where you, I'm fully broken and do get a Chromebook, I will. I'll refer back to episode six hundred four and go. Aha! That's where we discussed it in detail. It was. It's difficult. We need to do some sort of show notes show or notes. something, which will allow people <laughs> to to find these episodes. That would imply we publish <clears throat> and. And and want people to well uh, yes all right for our own it's well, it's basically like my blog which is completely open but the only reason I have ever really blogged is because I knew that at some point I would be searching for this again and that is held upheld by the uh, statistics on on my site where I am the most <laughs> frequent visitor going to the same blog post over and over <laughs> and over again. And usually it's some, I've got one, I used to have one back when I blogged, I, I had one. You around, never blogged. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it was a Git, it was a Git flag one. And there was another one around, what was it? I'm pretty sure most of my blogs have been, have been specific Git code blocks, which I just copy and pasted multiple times. Spe speaking of um, blogging, you, you mentioned something that you worked on this weekend, which is excellent blog fodder that you will completely neglect to do anything about. Something you worked on on Saturday. Um, hold on. I'm ah, yes. It up. I remember working on Saturday. What was it I was about? What was I doing? Well, you were... This, <laughs> this blog post so has already gone by the by. <laughs> you said, and I have cracked a really nice bit of logic around buffering assets and layered prioritization ah, yes. of things. This, yes. this is 100% the sort of thing that makes a it solid is. technical write-up, if not a series of things. <laughs> I've already forgotten. <laughs> <laughs> uh, genuinely, I had to go look at my Git log for that. Um, yeah, no, it's quite nice. Well, I can't give you any more detail now. <laughs> it's gone. It's gone. Oh, well, I'm glad, so I'm was, glad we covered was, that. Yeah, it was around um, the details of how video elements report their buffering and load states. So context, previs, uh, you've got a 3D scene and then you've got assets within the scene which get mapped to specific meshes and mesh textures mm -hmm. on the scene. Uh, in the releasable version, which is gonna release somehow in the next few weeks, uh, those are limited to images and videos, but long-term audio, etc., And also keyframes, but that's another thing. 
So looking at images and videos as the two core types of mappable texture, they both needed a case where, like when you load a YouTube video, you get the you get the, the sort of the gray bar, the whitish whiter bar where it preloads it. Um, so I was looking at that and figure, trying to figure out what's the what is the most consistent way to to handle that in the context of it isn't one video, this is multiple layered videos spread out across time with different lengths, different mappings, and mixed in with images, mixed in with different visibility states, mixed in with potentially different start states and seek states. Um, it's very interesting, and I can't remember any of it. Well, it sounds like an interesting problem. I'm glad the solution has been lost to time and your failure. So, so the actual solution ended up being to loop through the whole timeline and create a marker every time every time there's a start or a module start or a module end it creates a block and then within that block we effectively like like as if you do a core sample uh, when uh, there is actually a, 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 a code note in there about doing a core sample for each block and saying in this core core sample what's what are the stackable textures so there's like there's an image and there's two videos and then every time you enter one of these blocks uh, there's a check to say can we continue and then we just we just try and you know, and then we we get the buffering state of each video and each image. Um, and so so I was looking at the HTML5 video. I don't know, yeah, the video API. So the interesting thing is you do a video dot buffered on a video element, and it returns an array of buffered states because it's not just a case of like the video reports like I'm buffered from zero to ten seconds. It reports. Here's, here's my buffered block. So it, it returns you an array of buffered blocks, which is like I'm buffered from zero to five seconds, I'm buffered from 10 to 12 seconds, I'm buffered from 15 to 22 seconds, because that accounts for if the person has skipped around in the video. Oh, okay. Oh, I never would have thought of that. No, neither did I. And then there's also this weird thing in the in the HTML5 video API, which I am not 100% on. There is a buffered attribute which is the data is loaded for these blocks. And there is a seekable attribute, which is you can seek in these blocks. Mm. I don't know what those two things mean, but I'm going to assume, I'm just going to use buffered, frankly. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, so if something happens down the road, uh, we'll figure out. So the key, thing, the key thing was that, so there's two really, really two parts of the buffering is one, we need to inspect every, every everything within it and get its buffered state. Um, which is mainly used for UI, to be honest. You know, it shows the buffering state, which is quite an interesting visual problem on its own, but whatever. Um, the other thing, which is which is kind of the, the, the light bulb moment, was not to try and inspect the buffering state during playback. Um, was just to tell just to tell the video element start playing and then listen for an event which it emits called stalled. And when, when it emits a stalled event, it says, I haven't got the next data block. I've stopped playing, but we'll restart playing effectively. So we listen for a stalled event on the video playback. And if it stalls, we then pause the rest of everything in that stack. Um, actually, to be honest, we increment a counter, a stalled count. So like if you've got three videos one of them, and two of them stall, say, we increment the count up twice. Mm -hmm. And then when, the when one of them unstalls, we say we decrement the count, but keep it in a paused holding state. And when it gets so back to zero, ready. you run it again. Yeah. Um, so it's quite a nice little thing. I, I, I've already forgotten most of it. 
Um, so we'll see. But this episode, I'm sure, will, there'll be no books. This episode will serve as your permanent record. Yeah, I do need to go back and clean up a few things, um, like handling. So, so the other problem is this works nicely, except there's two complications. One, uh, it needs to work when you are dragging things in and moving things like when you're compiling the timeline, which is a whole other problem. So what I figured out is when you drag things in, we effectively hit a pause and issue a, a compile command, which kind of clears the whole state. It keeps all the cached assets in memory, but it clears the timeline state as, it, as if the timeline's just loaded at a specific time code. And the other problem, which is a more thorny one, which is uh, the ability to swap qualities of video and image assets like it starts out with a medium quality but you can switch it to low or high and i haven't solved that one yet but i assume it's going to be fine <laughs> I, I think that's the best way to proceed <laughs> it totally okay so i'll reference this i'll put in my notes check podcast episode 604 for how the buffering works i'll put that in the code base yes and then uh, that's the same as documenting it, isn't it? This is basically like an audio screencast for the code. For a personal audio screencast as well. Brilliant. If you could, if you could, uh, I'll put I'll put a link to the show notes in the in the header of the file. Perfect. You're golden. There you go. Perfect. Right. Well, I mean, I think we should have driven away our, our only remaining listener by this point. So uh, should we call it a day? Friend of the show. Yes. Yes. Let's call it a day. All right. <laughs> Clap. You're not clapping. Uh, okay. <laughs> you look no, like you're sorting flies. Okay. Done.